0: Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello and welcome back. So I am excited about this month. Why? Because not only is it a new month, you know, and an opportunity for new things and for new life and for refreshing to happen. I mean, that happens. Let's get it straight. With every new day, it doesn't have to be a new month. But in all seriousness, um, this month means a lot, especially to the black culture, because it's Black History Month. But I'm not here to talk about specifically the things that have occurred, you know, with black history. Uh, I want to pinpoint one thing, which is what this episode is going to be about. And it's doing life together. Right. It's doing it together together. Um, in unity and not just one-offs or you know that old cliche of no one man is an island and it's true though you know what I'm saying as cliche as it sounds it's very true um, a lot of people feel like oh I could just got to do it by myself as an advisor I speak to a lot of students and one of my questions to them is who is your support system who is supporting you through school not just financially or anything but who are the people that are holding you accountable to your goals and to your dreams in doing this who are the people who are going to see you sitting on the couch with a remote in your hand and a bag of popcorn when you should be studying who are those people that's going to come to you and say hey didn't you tell me you got a test coming up like is this your break are you you know about to end it you about to go study did you study today who are those people and it always like Is like a dagger to my heart or you know it just makes me feel so sad when the response is I'm my support system I am my accountability now some of them they come across with saying that oh you know nobody's gonna force me to do anything I have to want to do it for myself and I get that there does have to be that your own internal motivation that internal drive for yourself to want to do better. Because like that other cliche, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can have that support system and they constantly pushing you and trying to get you to do stuff. But if you don't have the drive within yourself, the wherewithal within you to go out and get into do, then nothing's going to come from it. So I get that. And that's much needed. But there's the other side of it where they tell me I really don't have accountability, like my family could care less if I do this. I come from a background of people who, you know, for lack of better words, are just kind of mediocre. They're just like, oh, this is what it is. Like I remember one student I was speaking to, they said that they were from a small town and everybody in that town, at least to their knowledge, Everybody in that town kind of just stays there. Nobody goes out to do anything better for themselves. Like, this is what you do in this town. This is the mentality. So if I want something, I can't look to my friends or to my family because they're already in the mentality like, why you need to do that? Why you need to go to school? Why don't you just work at your dad's shop? Or why don't you just, do, just you know, be plain for the rest of your life? And that is to not please I don't want any listener letters. I don't want any DMs telling me like, oh, so I'm playing Hannah. No, that's not what I'm saying. I am using the words from my student. And I'm just saying that for those students who are trying to achieve more, not just, I mean, for me, yeah, I'm speaking about students, students, but people in general, for those who dream or aspire to do more with their lives and with themselves but they feel like they don't have a support system they don't have somebody around them to say like you can do this i believe in you it doesn't matter where you came from it doesn't matter the situation that you're currently in you have the wherewithal to go out and get just do it i'm here i got you and it's sad when people feel like they don't have those people in their lives they don't have that support system they don't have their ride or dies and then let's be real too because you can be somebody who does have ride or dies in your life who does have a support system who who does have people who are willing to be there for you but then you're prideful and so you don't ask for help and I can relate to that one because I have struggled with that I sometimes still struggle with that. I struggle with reaching out for help because I'm the kind of person that feels like I don't want to be a bother to anybody. Um, but I know that this is something that I I believe I've learned over time. That uh, through experiences, I have built up walls around myself to n- not, show weakness right and and it's sad so I'm just gonna talk about me (laughs) and and you guys know that that's what I do I talk about myself and my personal experience because I don't want to come from a place of assumption and assuming that this is what everybody else does um I do believe that I'm not the only one who feels that way and that we as a people in general We sometimes struggle with these same things, but I'm just going to use my experience as an example. And so for me as a child growing up, and I want to be very careful when I say this, right? Because I don't want to give off the impression that I had a bad childhood because I did it. Because as a child growing up, I didn't think it was a bad childhood. As an adult, when I look back, I realize there are certain things that, You know, for my children, I don't want them to have to experience. But that was my story. It is my story. It's not their story. They've been blessed to be in a situation and having parents that are in a better position or they have parents now who have a different mindset because of what they've been through, because of where we currently are in this current climate, you know, to to have a change of mind to say, okay, the things that our parents taught us or the things that our parents did for us was great for us. But how can we do better for our children so that when they become adults and if they choose to have children as well, that they do better than what we did? Is that not what the Bible says? Is that not what Jesus said? He He told us that we would go to do more things than him and exceed him. Like that's that's legacy, that's legacy building, that's doing better than the generation before you. Okay, I'm going on a tangent, let me go back, let me bring it back to where, <laughs> um, to what I wanted to talk about. I mean, all of this is what I wanna talk about, but I wanna, I wanna take my time today, if y'all don't mind. I wanna take my time and really break this down because there are a lot of us who are going through life alone and we feel like we don't have anyone to talk to because no one understands where we are in our current state of mind. And we are losing too many people because the burden of walking this life alone is so heavy that we break under the pressure. I don't know how many of you have actually watched the movie Encanto or have had the opportunity to listen to the soundtrack. But if you haven't watched the movie yet, or if you haven't listened to the soundtrack, I highly recommend. I highly recommend watching the movie first of all. I highly recommend listening to the soundtrack on repeat. Uh, it, it's been on repeat in my house because my children. It's very catchy. But there's one particular song. There's a lot. Let me. Oh, let me stop. The whole soundtrack is great. <laughs> but for purposes of what I'm talking about today, I would really like for you guys to listen to Surface Pressure. And 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 maybe that's what this <laughs> this this episode should be called because the song, the lyrics, it, it talks about it's about the sister, one of the sisters. And and she's a sister who has been giving the gift of strength. And because she's been giving this strength, this this gift. She takes on all the burdens of the family, moving things for the village and everything. And so, for her, in 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 her words, she says in the song how like she she worries about disaster coming to the family. She tells her sister, she was like, you know, listen to your sister. Your sister's stronger. You know, give give it to me because I can hold on a little longer. And she feels like she has to do this, but then there's a part in the song where she says, where she talks about how she wished that she could just have peace, and how she could just sometimes let go of of, of having to be the strong one because it's a lot of pressure. But she's like, if I can't be strong, then you know what would happen? If I can't take it, what's gonna go on? And I felt her words. I felt that because as a child growing up, I felt like I had to be the strong one. I didn't feel like I had anybody to really talk to and to to tell what was going on with me emotionally because I felt like whenever I would open up and talk about how I felt that that was me being weak. And And I said, I, I recently shared this um during a message that Anthony and I were teaching together because you know I was everybody has looked at me and maybe again this is me projecting and me thinking what everybody thought of me but it's been confirmed (laughs) by different people that I'm a goody two-shoes which was very offensive to me because I'm not I am not a goody two-shoes I may not have experience certain things that other people have but I've had my own experience I I, I am not perfect I am far from perfect and it, it really hurts when that's what people see because and it's not at their fault but there, there comes this point where because of how people see you or portray you to be that for me, again, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but for me, I fell into the trap of believing I had to be that. And so because that's your perception of me to not break your own, your perception, even though that's not who I am, not to break your perception, I tried to live up to the hype. And in doing so, that led other people to believe the same things. And it caused me to live, I guess, this secret life. Where like, oh, everything is good with Hannah. Nothing bothers her. She's good. And on the inside, I was going through so much. I, I was dealing with a lot. Um, my parents did not have the best relationship um, when they were married. Um, to me, it's really hard for me to even think about moments where I saw them being you know, lovey-dovey to one another, just loving on each other. Like, I did not see that growing up. My, what I remember from my childhood, from my parents, was arguments all the time, daily arguments about stuff. Uh, I think there's sometimes that I can look through photos and I can see, you know, where my mom was probably kissing my dad or hugging my dad and i will think back to that moment and i'll be like like there's a picture that comes to my mind right my right now and it was my father's birthday and my mom had like this little intimate party at the house for him a couple of family members and friends came over And I remember that picture being taken because it was my mom kissing on my dad. And my dad was smiling, but he wasn't like hugging her back. My father is not the most or hasn't in his past been the most affectionate person. I don't know how affectionate he is now with his fiance, but I know with me things have changed. I really didn't hear my dad tell me when I was a child growing up, I love you. I'm proud of you. I honestly remember the first time my father told me he was proud of me. It was at my college graduation. And that brought me so much joy because I am such a daddy's girl. I've always known my father loves me, but my father hasn't necessarily provided me with a lot of emotional support. And so... You know, but as a daddy's girl, I always wanted to make him proud. I always wanted to do things that my dad would be proud of. I remember one time I was a senior in high school. I was playing flag football. And this particular day, my dad was actually able to make it to my game because, you know, the time that my father worked and the time that the games were offered, it was always during the time he was getting off. But on this particular day, he got off early and came straight from work to my game and I was so excited that my dad was gonna be there and so I'm I'm sitting out there you know on the bench and I'm not I wasn't like the best flag football player you know what I'm saying I get it but at the same time my daddy was there I wanted My father to see me play. And I got so upset with my coach because my friend who, you know, is just this all-around athlete. And no, this is not me saying (laughs) this. Like, I'm hating on her. I wasn't. Um, But in that moment, yeah, it it was a whole different feeling in that moment. Um, So I'm just trying to get y'all to kind of feel where I was back then as a teenager. And so anyways, my friend who was like the all-around athlete, very just good at whatever she did. Um, She actually hurt herself on the field. Um, I think she twisted her ankle, but it wasn't such a bad twist that she couldn't still play. But like she needed to like rest her ankle for a moment. And there was a point where the coach could have called me in to just run the play. And it was defense. We were on defense. It wasn't offense. Like I have to catch no ball or anything. I just had to pull a flag, y'all. But instead of putting me in so my father could see me play, my father, who has never saw me play before because he could never make it to my games, finally came, instead of putting me in, he called her back in with an injury. And that hurt me so bad. I, Y'all, I truly got out of character that day because I was pissed. I took my jersey off and all I had on, I think was maybe a sports bra and a tank top. I tore my jersey off, slammed it on the ground. I was like, I quit because this is crap. I might've said some other stuff. I don't know. But that is how I reacted because I just always wanted to show my dad what I could do. I just wanted him to be proud of me. And so, at my graduation, when he said those words, Hannah, I'm proud of you, for me, for the first time to hear that, I was like, oh, wow. You know, that's something that I've been wanting to hear forever. Now, my dad is a great man. He he is a provider. And I understand that, you know, for a lot of times, people, they do what they've been taught to do. A lot of things are learned behavior. And so if my father did not learn how to love on his kids from his own father because his father was kind of, you know, strict. I mean, let me let me put the precedence out there. My dad is a, you know, born and raised Jamaican from the country part of Jamaica. I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with Clarendon, but that is where my dad is from. And so he did not see that growing up as a kid. And so as a father, he did not do those things with his children. And I get it because now that i'm an adult and i am a parent i realize like that is very important like i needed that so i'm gonna make sure i give that to my kids but it's also something that you gotta learn how to do whether you're watching you know uh movies tv on stuff like that you're reading books and articles and so my dad is not that kind of person he ain't gonna go do the research he was like this is how i was raised so this is how i'm gonna raise my kids now as an adult, and my father and I have turned more to friendship with one another, it's not so much daddy-daughter, even though I'm always going to be a daddy's girl. My father now, you know, talks to me and opens up. And I'm like, wow, this is a great relationship. Like, I can call my dad and talk to him about stuff. And my father actually picks up a phone and calls me and shares with me his feelings feelings something that he did and my dad just turned 75 years old y'all and this is something like within the last anthony and i are about to celebrate 14 years of marriage this is something that has happened within the last 10 years that my father can open up that's a long time that's 65 years of holding everything inside and not sharing what you're going through to now get to a place with your child where you can open up. And there's so many of us who are still holding on. There's so many of us that are still holding on to, to things and feeling like we can't open up to anybody, even though we have a support system. My father had people around him. He had my mother. I mean, I get it. The two of them weren't seeing eye to eye. But the, the problem with them, and this is just my observation, and I'm not a psychologist, but for me, the problem with my parents, I think, was communication. I think the both of them needed something from each other that they did not know how to communicate that they needed. My mom, she she deals with, you know, I think abandonment, or you know, um, maybe a, I'm not sure if it's abandonment, but more so like just a longing to be to be loved because, like, my grandfather in the beginning you know wasn't necessarily there for her and so I think that you know like a lot of of women or just people in general not having your father there in the critical years like he he showed up later on um, but in those critical years of having a father's presence there um, and I say that because I I know from a person who got to grow up with her dad and, and talking to you know friends and others who did not have their their, their father there that's important. it's important and, and I think for my mom like she she needed that that love you know from my dad and and she she's a very affectionate person. My mom is very like her her love language is like quality time and physical touch like that is high on my mom's radar that is not high on my father's radar and so for my father, he did not know how to give that to her, but it's not just knowing it's also having that conversation with your significant other, with your partner. How can I love you? Like, do we ever ask that questions to our partners? How can I love you? How do you need to be loved? What, what is it that you need from me? What can I do differently so that you feel my love? And it's not just all in words, but it's through my actions too, you know, um, so that's not something that that she received. And then uh, for my father, I think there were things that he needed, you know, that he never really expressed either because he kept it all inside. So long story short, that's kind of what I grew up in. I grew up in my parents not showing love and affection to one another, you know, um, and for me, I felt like I always had to be the strong one because I'm the youngest in my family. Now, um, I do have a total of um, three brothers and one sister. So I have a total of four siblings. Um, two on my, my father's side and two on my mother's side. I did not get to grow up with my sister because she lived with her mom back in Baltimore at the time. Um, but I did grow up with my three brothers until one of my brothers, um, moved back to Jamaica. And then unfortunately he had passed years after that, but years ago. So really in the house, um, it was just me and my, my two older brothers on my mom's side uh, for the longest, but my brothers are 11 and 13 years older than me. So I pretty much grew up like an only child because at some point my brothers grew up, like one brother went off to the service and another brother, you know, he moved out. And so it was just, it was just me in the house with my parents a lot. And there, when you grow up in a house for me, For me, growing up in a house where my parents argued all the time, I didn't really feel like I could share what was going on in my house because I was ashamed of it. And what added to that shame was when I was a fourth grader in elementary school, I invited two young ladies over to my house um, to spend the night. And I don't know if my parents just didn't care or they forgot that I had company, but they ended up having one of the big blowouts while they were there. Um... I didn't think anything of it at the time, but then at school the next day, like this was the weekend, but when they went back home and we went to school the next day, it was like maybe, a, I guess a Monday. Um, my art teacher came to me and he said, Hannah, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. What's wrong? I mean, you know, why are you asking me what's wrong with me? And he was like, I was I was just wondering because, you know, I overheard the the girls talking and they mentioned, you know, like you know, some things that happen at your house. And I'm like, I, what are you talking about? And so whatever they were saying to other friends that the art teacher overheard or whatever they told the art teacher directly, I don't know. All I know is, is that my art teacher ended up asking me if my father abuses my father, my mother, and does he molest me? And I'm like, what? And from that day on, I and I made up in my mind, I can't trust people. I can't, I don't want anybody coming over to my house. I cannot trust people because this is what so-called friends do to you. Like, you're not my friends that you went back and you made up lies about me and things. And I don't know if it's because of what they heard or like the words that my parents said to each other, you know what I'm saying? Because in the heat of the moment when you're arguing, you say some things that you probably shouldn't say. Um, I don't know what they heard. I mean, it was embarrassing, but I didn't think that that was going to happen, that they were going to go back to school and tell everybody. And it was just a very, a very hard time for me. And I think that taught me to build up walls with people and I've never really let people in. I I truly do um, cherish my friendships and if I call you friend that's because I really do feel that I can be vulnerable and trust you and it's not too many people that I can do that and I know as an adult that you you know you you shouldn't ha- tell your business to everybody that you should have your close circle of friends just like how Jesus you know had Peter James and in his ear like I, I get it like I know that you gotta have y- your people that you're close to But I think along the way that in me having this tight circle, I didn't let other people in at all. You know, it was like you were at a distance, (laughs) you know. Um, And so and even with my close circle of friends, I didn't want to be a burden to them. So when my parents were actually going through their divorce and some of the things that I was experiencing, like I had a childhood best friend, I think she was the only person that I pretty much told almost everything to. And notice I said almost. I told almost everything to her because there were still some things that I just felt like I could not share because she was going through her own stuff, you know? And it's like when you're going through your own stuff, you don't want to be a burden to anybody. So you don't ask for help. You don't ask for things, you know? Um, and... It's sad and it's unfortunate because I remember and she she fussed at me about this, too. Um, But I I recently shared this, as I mentioned, in in a message uh, that Anthony and I were teaching together. And it's something that for for many years I was ashamed of, ashamed of because of the stigma that's attached to it, how people would think of me differently. You know, I felt that people would lose their their respect, whatever. So I didn't share it. But um, I recently shared it. It wasn't something I was planning on sharing. It was something that kind of just came out. But I'm glad that it came out because then, after after that happened, um, I recently learned about, or I had learned about um, Chelsea cursed, and I was like, man, you know. So so let me explain to you guys what I shared so that you understand um my thought process right now. Um, so what I shared was is that when I was a senior in high school. Um, this was around the time that my parents their their relationship was coming to an ending point like really so my parents had this major blowout that that caused the separation when I was around 16 it was my um, my junior year going into um, into my senior year and so this particular day by this time um, the, the particular day that I'm referring to they were already separated the divorce I did don't believe was finalized yet but um the hearings and all that stuff was taking place and so things were were rather stressful for me at home for for many different reasons that I don't want to get into right now but there I was dealing with a lot in my personal life and um (laughs) this particular day I went to school and I found out that um the second chair um was challenging me for the first year in band and you would say Hannah that's not a big deal and it wasn't a big deal and any other day it wouldn't have been a big deal I would have been like oh, okay I'll be ready for you <laughs> at the school like what's up boo I, I would have had that mindset but I didn't and and the person who <laughs> who was second chair even though we had like a very love hate relationship you know what i'm saying we we love to hate each other but we were we were good friends and we're good friends now you know we're 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 great acquaintances with one another it's not like we talk every day but it's neither here nor there um but this particular day you know he was coming with his banter like he normally would and was expecting for me to come back with mine cuz that's just what we did you know what i'm saying we cracked on each other it was it was great but this particular day, I could not handle it. I was just like, I I did not share. I did not, you know, I wasn't allowing my my frustrations and all the things that I was going through to be released. And so him coming at me with the, with the banter and with, you know, the challenge and all this other stuff, it was just too much. It was pressure. Pressure that will tick, 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 that will never stop. I'm telling y'all, go listen to Surface Pressure because that song, <laughs> whoo. If I had that song back then, but that it was a lot of pressure on me that particular day. And I said, I did not say anything to anyone. And I carried um, a bottle of Tylenol in my book bag, Uh, you know, just as a girl, you know, you need it sometimes, may have a headache, may have a cramp or two, you know. Um, And so this particular day, I think was probably around maybe second or third period that I was just like, this is too much. Like I can't, like I, I was just emotionally drained. I was hurting, but it wasn't a physical hurt. It was an emotional hurt. It was a mental hurt. Like I was not in my right mind. I could not think of any, I couldn't even tell you what, I mean, obviously now I couldn't tell you what I learned that day. But that day, if you asked me what was talked about in class, I couldn't even tell you because I was in a daze. I was not focused on anything that anyone was saying that particular day. And so all I remember is, is that I took my Tylenol out and I poured some pills in my hand. It, It was more than a dosage. I couldn't tell you how many it was, but I took them. And by that afternoon, we it was a Friday because we had a football game um that afternoon and I was back in the band room in the back where, you know, the the girls would get just and everything and I remember a friend of mine asking me, like, Hannah, are you okay? Because I was just like sitting there. I wasn't moving, wasn't doing anything. And I was like, No, I'm not really feeling well and so, you know, she told our band director and he said, All right, walk her to the clinic. So I went to the clinic and she went back and um, my band director told me, he was like, I'll check on you later to see if you, you know, don't worry about the game right now. Just go and and check yourself out. And so this was nothing but the grace of God because I wasn't going to tell the nurse that I had took Tylenol. I just wasn't feeling well. And so she all of a sudden started talking about Tylenol and started talking about how the, you know, when you take too much or take more than the dosage, how it affects your liver and all this other stuff. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I'm getting scared because and this was another reason why I was always ashamed to share this, because obviously when you tell a person that you took like a handful of pills, they're thinking that you're suicidal. And then all the stigma of that comes with it. And I was like, I wasn't I wasn't trying to take my life. Things were bad, but I wasn't trying to take myself out. I just was trying to do something that would ease the pain. And because I wasn't thinking straight, because I wasn't in my right mind, because I wasn't talking to anybody and it was just a lot of pressure. I did something stupid, not realizing the consequences that it would have on me or the consequences that would take place. And so I told her what I did. And she, you know, immediately called for an ambulance to come for me. She, my, by this time, my band director came to check on me. She told my band director what happened. he rode behind the, um, the, the ambulance with me and was like, um, you know, and stayed with me until my parents got there. And so I, I will forever always appreciate Mr. Charles because he was more than just a band director to so many of us. Um, but uh, my parents came, you know, my parents were in were distraught because they just didn't realize what was going on. And, you know, I remember my best friend, Um, she called when she found out what happened and she fussed me out. And she was just like, I can't believe why would you do something like this? You're so selfish. And, you know, just I didn't need to hear that <laughs> at the moment. Like, OK. But I understood where she was coming from. And, you know, and I know I understand the feeling because even now when I talk to my friends and, and they're saying that they're going through so much, I fuss at them because I'm just like, you don't have to do life alone. Like you have people around you that are here to help you utilize them, talk to them, like don't do it alone. And I'm saying that to whoever is listening, I'm sharing this story, my story on this podcast because i I realize now that like, especially after hearing about Chelsea Kirsten and her mom coming out and her mom saying how she was a high functional, um, oh my, I don't want to say it incorrectly, but she was, she was depressed, but she was high functioning, you know, with depression. And I know that like just saying scriptures to you or saying that, you know, God is here for you, that that's not what some people need to hear. And I understand that because it's, you it's going to take more it's not just going to take people praying for you and people quoting scriptures at you but God is a healer he is a healer you know to the brokenhearted he is a sustainer of our minds God can help you but I want to share the fact that I was in church when I did what I did and it was because I didn't really have a relationship with God like I didn't understand what having a relationship with him really meant and how I could go to the master and for him to just give me peace for me to truly take the peace for me to really cast all my burdens all my cares on him because he cares for me for me to take up his yoke and which is easy and his burden which is light so that I didn't have to deal with all the pressure because it wasn't mine to keep it wasn't mine to bear and so I just want to say that yeah God is here but God also gives us wisdom if any man lacks wisdom he can go to God who who will give it to him liberally and I want to share that because a lot of times we want to throw prayer at people but it's not just prayer that they need they need to talk to somebody so if you need to talk to somebody but you don't feel like anyone around you will understand then go seek a therapist there is no shame in going to therapy because if you need to talk to somebody then talk to them and get that out of you because all of that that you're holding on the inside is weighing you down with pressure and eventually just like a a pressure cooker The top will blow. I don't want the top to blow for any of you out there who feel like you're in this alone. We were created for fellowship. We were created to help one another. Two are better than one. Even if it's just the one person that you have in your life to talk to, talk to them. Tell them what you're going through. Tell them what you're struggling with. Don't keep it all inside because you don't have to. You have people around you who love you and care about you. And true enough, a lot of them may not understand. They may look at you and say, how can your life be so bad? How can things be? And I get it. We say some stupid stuff to one another, but we have to start having empathy. There's a difference between empathy and sympathy, y'all. Empathy is, a, is putting yourself in the person's shoes to try to understand what it is that they're dealing with. Don't just tell me silver linings. Don't just tell me it's going to get better. But I need you to try to understand where I'm coming from. Relate to me. This is why Jesus sat amongst sinners, you know, and, and sat and broke bread with with those who the Pharisees and the Sadducees was like, how are you going to sit with that person? He's a tax collector. He's a this. He's a that. Jesus was like, because I got empathy and compassion. We got to have empathy and compassion for one another. We may not understand the experiences that other people go through and you don't have to go through the same experience to relate to somebody because you can relate to being under pressure you can relate to feeling overwhelmed you can relate by just being there and letting the person talk and not saying anything at all or saying to them I'll go with you to therapy if you're afraid to go alone so I hope y'all got something out of the episode today. It's always my prayer that you do. And I would love to connect with you. If you are a listener who feels like you're alone, I know you don't know me, but I am here I'm here to just listen. I'm here to to read a letter. If you just want to write your feelings out and send it to me in a listener letter, send it to hannahsworld 0 at gmail.com. DM me on Instagram at World 0 Like, I'm for real, y'all. If you need somebody, I will be that person because I don't want you to break under the pressure. Let's do life together. Until next time. Peace out, world.